trigger warning. You're about to listen to the most existentially fulfilling hour of your life on the Pod of Rosedale. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to the Pod of Rosedale. I am your host, Ben Lewis, a Hawkeye fan. And Eric, I think I'm going to, is it all right if I out you before anybody's even been introduced to you yet? Should I out yeah. you? Should... Yeah, you can out me. That's fine. And I'm going to introduce Eric Lane, who is actually a Gopher fan. Eric, you want to say hi? Hello, PJ Flex, number one fan, best best guy on the planet. I love him. Uh, I worship at the altar of PJ Flex. Yeah, well, so uh, something people don't know about. So you and I know each other from, we've worked together for a number of years now. I spent the last decade. Uh, my name's Ben Lewis, by the way. I didn't say that, but um, Ben Lewis is my name. I've been writing the Aftermath articles on Go Iowa Awesome. Uh, we'll be doing that again this year. I've spent the last decade up in the Twin Cities, back in Iowa now. But you, Eric, are what I would call the stereotypical Minnesota fan. When everybody thinks of Minnesota fan, Vikings, Gophers, whatever, there's you right there. Oh, shucks. Gee whiz. They're just going to disappoint me. That's what I think of when I think of you. Is that do you, that actually reflect from your perspective or am I doing you dirty? Well, I, th- I think your opinion of that is based on the fact that a typical Minnesota fan is – always going to be negative we're always going to look at any sort of progress as just a step to the negative we're, we're just building ourselves up to fall to the ground yep. and that is me i you know pj flex I, I was sort of joking about him but he he has progressed the program but i think this year and we'll get into it but this year is like the typical it's just going to crash it's all going to crash to the bottom they're going to like barely win any games and that, but that's just my perspective on it, because I think a typical Minnesota sports fan is looking at this program and this season as it, it's it's on its way down. Just pessimistic, you, I think. You th- okay, well, yeah, we will get into this, because I, I, I've done some research. I looked at the schedule. I am more optimistic than you as a semi-neutral. I would say semi-neutral. I genuinely want the Gophers to do well. I love living in Minnesota. I love the people of Minnesota, and I want them to be able to experience the joy of successful sports. Uh, not at the expense of Iowa, of course, but uh, I really have no animosity and just a, a vague general warmness, unlike some other teams in the Big Ten. But I think they're anyway. I, I think they're they're due for a better year. But um, we'll, we'll get into that. But uh, we don't know it, in Minnesota for the Gopher football program. We don't know what success even is. Like literally, I mean, back in the whatever the '60s and '50s, they were pretty good and won some championships. I, I certainly wasn't alive then. But in my lifetime, it's just been it's just been garbage the whole time. So that's our perspective on it. Fair enough. Well, I, but not every Gopher fan is like this. We worked with a, a, another Ben who is is Kool Aid drinking Homer McGee, who would look at the Gopher schedule and say, one point lost to Ohio State, eleven and one. Boom, win, 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 win. Easy, easy. They exist. Those people Positive. are losing Well, they are. Uh, but you know, they're not. Gophers are not a monolith. It's when I was trying to figure out somebody to do this podcast with me. It's funny. You have this stereotype, Eric, uh, of Iowa fans as these lunatic psychopaths who are obsessed with watching every second of the game, can't be bothered during a game, and their life revolves around football in a way you think is unhealthy. Because uh, people don't know this, but you married a woman from Iowa uh, who is a an intense Iowa fan, and I think you spend more time watching Iowa sports than Gopher sports. But I don't have any friends that care nearly enough to do a weekly podcast with me about Iowa football. So I, I thought of you immediately because I thought you'd be 
a fun back and forth and maybe a different spin. I don't have any other shtick than, hey, we'll have a gopher fan and we'll talk gophers and Hawkeyes. It'll be so quirky and different. I don't know. But I think it's funny that I don't know enough fanatical Hawkeye fans to get somebody to do this with me. And you seem to only know fanatical Hawkeye. You need to spend more time tailgating, I guess. I don't know. They're, uh, they're all around you, buddy. <laughs> that's fine. I just don't have close personal relationships with them. Uh, you know? That's, that's, I mean, every, oh, man, I miss tailgating, by the way. When you say tailgating, I really oh, I badly want to be out there slamming beers, hitting a beer bong, and seeing drunken people talk trash about yep. college students giving each other brain damage. Um, I really I really miss that. I best part of college football is tailgating. 100%. Oh, it's, it's wonderful. And hey, in Iowa, it's not that much to do, so we can really go all out. Is it fair to say that Minnesota's tailgating scene is not as, as awesome? No, it's not. It's it's Well, for the longest time when they were at the Dome, it like didn't exist. It's better now, but nowhere near what, near Kinnick. It's just, that, that I mean, top five tailgating experience, probably in the Big Ten, right? How many other spots have you tailgated at? I'm sorry, that's a qualify that statement. No, none of them. I've only been to the two, but... Okay. You can see the atmosphere. I mean, in Michigan, do they tailgate? Do they really tailgate? Oh, I'm sure they go nuts in Michigan. I think the Wolverine fans, I mean, there's 100,000 people that fit in that freaking stadium in Ann Arbor. I think they are yeah. tailgating. But do they have the parking lot, like, next to the stadium kind of experience, that Kinnick Stadium kind of experience that Kinnick has? I think that's pretty unique. Well, yeah, maybe. I have no idea. Uh, maybe. I, I don't know. They, they might. I, I've only ever been to... Ryan Field in Evanston, and yeah, the tailgating seems better uh, in Ma- Iowa City. Madison, I bet. Ma- they do it up in Madison. They do. Oh, I'm sure they do, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I would bet so. I've heard. I've never made it to Madison. That's interesting. Okay. Just to give people notes, first of all, we don't know what the hell we're doing. This is uh, some middle-aged dudes flubbing through this, so any suggestions, feedback, positive or negative, we're open to it. Whatever. We don't care. But the goal is going to be once the season starts, uh, we're going to record on Mondays every week during the football season, try to have the podcast out Tuesday, Wednesday, and we'll spend part of the time in the first half basically talking about both the Gophers and the Iowa's previous game. And then we'll spend the half hour kind of previewing next week's game. I don't have any more structure than that, but that's what we're going to do. We're going to just give you a couple of different perspectives on on the season, a little little different ways of looking at it. And I wanted to ask, Eric, so you... (laughs) When did you first realize you were a Gopher fan? When did you come to the, oh, my God, uh, this is the college sports team I cheer for? I, I remember it very clearly. It was, I think it was a Friday night, 2003 or 2004, I can't remember which year, the Gophers played Michigan. And so we had season tickets because as, stu- as a student, you could get the season sure. tickets. They were super cheap. We didn't, we hardly went to any games. or And we didn't tailgate because, again, it was at the Dome, so we never so we went to the games that didn't tailgate. It was the first year that I remember the Gophers being competitive. I think they were ranked, like, top 20 at the time. Michigan was, you know, five or six in the country. They hadn't beaten Michigan for, like, forever. And they played at the Dome, and it was the most packed game because if they beat Michigan, then they jumped to the top 10. It's, and then there was, like, two or three more games and strong bowl chance, maybe Rose Bowl, whatever. It was an amazing game. The Gophers were up by, like, four touchdowns or something at some point and into the fourth quarter. They were they were up by at least three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. We left the game thinking it's over. In the cab ride back to the game, we heard three or four touchdowns. Michigan scored two or three touchdowns. We get, it, get home, turn on the game, and it's, like, tied. And then Michigan scores. They win. 
Gophers to lose is the most devastating loss I think that the Gophers have maybe ever had, and it, that that solidified to me what being a Minnesota sports fan is is like. You get hope, and then they just crush it. From then on, that's my team. I don't know. It's like that's, you knew who they were, but you also knew that's who you were. Like you were, you were there. You were ride or die for the Gophers at that point. Hundred percent. Yep. So that is so fascinating. So here's the difference between you and me. Like if. I was playing, and I'm not talking about like a scrub MAC team or something, but I'm talking, they're playing like a Big Ten team that's dominated, a blue blood, and they're up by four touchdowns, and you think the game's over and decided. I'm going to soak in every second of that. I'm going to just embrace the ambiance of that moment, that like rare time. I mean, Iowa has beaten Ohio State twice since I've really been an intense fan, and one of them was 2004, and... It was a blowout. It was exactly a kind of game you're describing. There was no heartbreak at the end, and I just remember soaking in. Oh man, here's one of the elites, and I would just, you know, steamrolled them. It's like 30 to seven or something ridiculous. And I would never consider leaving early. It's like this. It was not boring. So I. But think see, I was had a bunch of those wins. That one Penn State game where Claiborne blocked the kick, the punt. Like they've had a lot of those like amazing wins where they beat teams they shouldn't beat. It, the Gophers never do that. It never happens. Two years ago, they had their best season, I think, in the 21st century. Yeah, I guess so. That's Iowa's MO, to be consistently good, lose some game, usually did freaking Northwestern, and then pull off some amazing upset every couple of years to remind you how great they can potentially be and make you kind of bummed that they don't win enough championships. Other, uh, but you... other key difference is the Gophers have traditionally – like when they've started to get good, they're good for three or four games, and then they just collapse. Whereas Iowa, they have they whatever progression they have, they'll start a little slow and they get better every game. And usually the last three or four games of the season, that's the best they play, and yeah, that's, that's, that's when they lot. beat these these teams that they shouldn't beat. That's true. That can happen. That 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 whole developmental program, they get better each and every week. The obnoxious cliche. Sure. I mean, well, that's it's been the true, case though. under Ferentz. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't remember a ton of the Hayden Fridays. I mean, you didn't, so you didn't spend much time watching the Gophers as a kid or anything? No. Because, see, I, there was a time I was a Hawkeye fan as a kid, and I was just kind of doing what my my dad was watching, and that's what people watch. And I, kind of, I didn't actually care, but I said I was a fan. I had that first experience in 2003 when Iowa played Ben Roethlisberger, led Miami of Ohio. He's supposed to be a big Heisman candidate. He came in and threw four picks, no touchdowns. And that was when I got the bug, the roaring crowd, and that's where I was like, that's when I was hooked. It was a classic, like, 20-3 to 3 Iowa victory. Very middling offense, but stifling defense uh, that won the day. Back in the Nate, Nate Chandler years, that name means nothing to you, Eric, I realized. But that was... My, my, my first memory, literally, is the Lou Holtz thing. I don't know if oh, you know so... the history of that, where, like, he came to the Gophers, pushed really hard for them to get, like, play at the Metrodome because the Vikings were playing, and then he fucking bolted. And, like, that's, that's my first memory of the Gopher, Gopher like, program, is Lou Holtz, like, surprised that he's leaving after pushing them to play in the Dome. So Lou Holtz taking his lisp and, and heading on yep. out after, okay. That's when he went to Notre Dame, I think? Didn't he go to Notre Dame after that? I don't I don't I hardly so. remember Lou Holtz being a competent coach. I, it's one of those ones I think I just missed the areas he was where trapped. he was good. He was oh, a trash was he? coach. Yeah. Uh, I, okay, I thought I, this is like a Hall of Fame coach. He, he's a, he was a trash announcer too. He's not good oh. at anything. Well, he's definitely terrible at announcing and commentary. I, yeah. He's it's great to listen Don't to. Don't get me started on Lou Holtz. I, I'll just trash well, him. Clearly, you've got. Yeah. That's fine. I can clearly there's some deep wounds there. I just thought he'd won a championship or something. Was considered to be a, a legendary coach or something. I don't. know. I guess maybe I'm wrong. I don't. know. 
No, I think he, once he went to Notre Dame, I think he did win a title, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think you're so right. He's just trash because he. So you feel about Lou Holtz the way we feel about Lou Olson, who. Yeah. Was the okay. And you know about Iowa. He went to Arizona, right? Didn't he go to yes. Arizona? When, it, yeah, they yeah. built Carver for him because they used to play in the field house, the old crummy field house. That was where the games were until know, the early 80s or 1980. And then built Carver, and he ditched for Arizona. Very and, similar, yep. All right, that's really, really interesting to know. All right, so what, what is your first memory of the Hawkeyes or being aware of the Hawkeyes at all? When was it like, do you remember? Was it just that freshman season watching them play and – 2002, 2003, first time you had any impression of the Hawkeyes? No, because I, I didn't care enough about okay. the – so, as you mentioned, my, my wife's from Iowa. I met her a year or two after that, and she's a diehard Hawkeye fan. And talking to her and talking about sports, I didn't realize people in Iowa love their Hawkeyes that much. And it was like my first realization that, wow, these people really love – Iowa football, and then we started watching it, went to games, and that's really my, like, I didn't even really know it existed, honestly, like, it might sound stupid, but I really had no idea that there was this entire universe of Iowa football that okay. is so important to people. So you never developed an animosity or a rivalry or dislike of Iowa? You know, that, that who hates Iowa, we hate Iowa, never registered with you? Well, the, the, my, so, so my only memory of it was my freshman year in college when Iowa beat us and then ripped down the goalposts and like pulled them out of the stadium. Like literally they, they won the game and they tore the, in our stadium, they tore the goalposts and they tried to pull them out of the Metrodome and they got stuck in the like concourse. Like they, they literally pulled them up the stairs and into the concourse and they couldn't turn it. And the revolving doors, they got stuck in the revolving doors. They up in the revolving doors. Yeah, that was and, my and first. Just, they just gave up at that point. Like, yeah, whatever. Like, screw it. We're, we can't get it. That's, we got this far, but that's as far as we can get. That's my. <laughs> I thought it was funny. I, it didn't even make me mad. It was like you guys are just trashing us because it was a blowout, right? It wasn't even a close game. It was closer than you probably remember it, but it was like I want to say it was something like forty-five or fifty to like twenty-eight or something like that or twenty-one. I but mean, it was. Has any other football team done that? Like, no, we're taking these things with us, like up the stairs. Down the concourse into the the revolving doors and eh, whatever we can't get it further than that. Yeah, no, that well, that's my first memory of the Gophers really. Like I might have, I I don't think I had any impression of them whatsoever, and it wasn't even really about Gophers. I remember being confused in high school. That was my senior year of high school, seeing that and like, wait, is it legal to steal the goalpost? Why are they doing that? I didn't understand. I didn't understand why nobody was stopping them. I was just like confused. Like, oh yeah, nobody wanted to stop a bunch of lunatic Hawkeye fans celebrating an undefeated Big Ten season and then the pig everybody's you know grabbing the pig i'm like oh i guess they play for this pig thing that's kind of cool yeah what's well, it is maybe the best rivalry trophy in sports i love it i think it's awesome so that's it that's interesting but all right that we've done enough noodling here about the uh, iowa minnesota let's get into the the actual talking about the 2021 season which is going to be weird some games could get canceled or we might have random players out because of covid19 i mean who knows oh. But all right, so is this year five of P.J. Fleck? We're we talking year five of his ring? I think so. So two years ago, and I didn't, I needed to go further back. I didn't go all the way back to the 60s. But certainly in the 21st century, P.J. Fleck coached the best gopher season of the 21st century. Is that fair to say? Literally true? No season since 2000 has been better since that? Yeah, I think so. I was going to say that the Glenn Mason year where they lost to 
Michigan might be the only other time where they were like really had some promise. But yeah, I mean, 2019, absolutely the best Gopher season that I can remember. Higher than anybody has in several decades. And Future Flux personality is extremely grating. Uh, it does not jive with me as it doesn't jive with you. One of my favorite things was just pointing out the latest crazy things you'd said and just seeing you groan and roll your eyes. But I think, Eric, he is actually a legitimately good coach. I think he's actually a really solid, good, above-average football coach. Well, we'll see. I mean, you know, like you said, 2019 was an absolute great achievement in his resume and and from the Gophers' perspective. But last year, they were not good. 2020 was a weird year, for sure. Yeah, Bateman's... He's like, nah, I'm not going to play. No point. He's like, you know what? I kind of want to play. And then he's like, you well, know what? I was right the first time, guys. I, bad call. I should, uh, I, this is kind of stupid. We're well, wasting my time here. So it was very awkward. I, I think most people look at it as a mulligan. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, it was a weird COVID year. It's an asterisk, I think. This season's super important for his resume. So it's important for his resume. You've already kind of given us a sneak preview. You think he's going to have a bad year. You well, let's. Let me ask you this. Are are the Heisman folks, are they already etching in Tanner Nor- Tanner Morgan's name? Like, have they already started etching in his name for Heisman? Because I, I think they, they need to really already start looking this at is that. such an Eric Lane question. Tanner Morgan's fine. I, I, he's totally, okay. Y- yeah, you lose Bateman and you lose Tyler Johnson. You're going to be worse as a quarterback, almost anybody. Those are two studs that make you look really good as a quarterback. They're absolutely NFL wide receivers. Didn't Tyler Johnson win a Super Bowl with Tom Brady this past year? Isn't he on the Bucs? and Bateman's on the Ravens, yep. So they're they're quality dudes. So, no, he wasn't as good in 2020 as he was in 2019. But here's the thing, right? I I looked, looked into this. 2019, you brought up this great year that the Gophers had. Only three other quarterbacks had a more efficient season than Tanner Morgan. Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, and Justin Fields. Those are the only three guys that year that were more efficient as a quarterback than Tanner Morgan. And those are, like, great players. You know, number one picks, top draft picks. Sure. Like, NFL, NFL quarterbacks, sure. And then if you figured last year was just, like, a bad year after his COVID year, maybe Morgan's – maybe he's on the rise. I don't know. Well, he's been there for what 20 years. In- what was the numbers in 2020? I'm sure it's worse than 2019. That was a historically good year. And I, if any Gopher fans out there are listening to this, don't expect Tanner Morgan to have as good of a year this year as he did two years ago. That year, you were setting yourself up for sadness and disappointing. But I don't know that was he really that bad last year. Well, so they only played they played seven games, right? right. So it was a okay. short season, stat wise. So he had seven touchdowns and five picks. Like <laughs> that's not great. Those aren't great numbers. Not even a 60% completion percentage. So, like, quarterback rating, not even 100, uh, 130. Not great. Again, it's COVID year. It's a weird year. He's been there forever. This will be his fourth year starting. All right, well, so we're going to get into the positional stuff here in a minute. And since we're starting to bleed there, that's fine. But first, bullet to your head, you got to pick a win expectation within two. Like, what do you think? How many games do you think the Gophers will actually win? You have to pick. You, you can pick two numbers, you know, five, six, six, seven, seven, eight. What do you think they actually win this year? I think they have a winning record. So what are we looking at? Eight wins, maybe? 
Yeah, that's seven or eight. Seven yeah. would be the minimum you'd need to have. Assuming you've played 12, seven would be the minimum you'd need yeah. to have. Any okay, so they're going to be a decent team. They're going to go to a bowl game and all that. Yeah, I mean, right? Heisman's obviously, there's no way he's winning the Heisman. That's well, I don't think he's going to be the most important part time. of their team. I mean, it's going to, it should revolve around Ibrahim. Ibrahim's, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly, but Ibrahim's excellent. And the Gophers have a ton of talent coming back from the offensive line, and he should be the focal point. And I don't think the passing game should be. I mean, it should be. But if you got a quarterback like Stanley last year, I know Iowa lost Stanley, right? He's, but you know, he's a guy that was there forever. He started for three years, three four years. years, you know. And then you come in it your last year, you you expect him to have a really good season, right? That's just the the way it goes. Even if he's not a like talented player, he's been there forever. You expect him to have a great season. See, and I Morgan, expect him to be fine. By, by fine, I mean I mean Tanner Morgan. Yeah, I mean the general trend would be, but it's going to be quirky because I think you get to look a lot better when you have two premier talents on the wide receiver position. There's very few quarterbacks who would be able to get better with not as much talent receivers. I mean, you think I don't, there's that Ottman Bell guy. Did Tanner um, make them? Did Morgan make them good though? Was it was it the receivers or was it Morgan? I think it's the receivers is what I'm saying. I, mean, I think he's fine. He's okay. He's I mean, decent. Johnson didn't blow up Bucks. He he barely played. Yes, he was on the Super Bowl. Well, don't they have two guys? They have like Evans and somebody. Yeah, that's they a, have a, that's because they have two they great guys. Bowl. Like and you got Tom Brady thrown at. Yeah, Maybe he'll fine. be a great player. I don't know. He's good enough to be drafted and 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 he got he got targets and as a rookie or a second year player anyway on a Super Bowl winning team. They were they were studs. I think you're downplaying how special those two players were, especially on the same team at the same time. I mean, you're one and two two years ago were two NFL wide receivers. That's pretty rare for non-Ohio State teams in the Big Ten. It just doesn't happen very often. It's like having great tight ends to throw to. Well, or two. Well, yeah, we can get into the disappointment of having two NFL tight ends and 2018. That's uh, that's probably my single most disappointing year as an Iowa fan. But I was just going to say, I don't know. I think you run the offense mainly through Ibrahim. You're relying on Tanner Morgan. You don't rely on him to carry it. I mean, he's just not, it's not where your your best assets are. And yeah, you're going to have, he's going to have to make the plays and not throw interceptions and not lose games. And I, I don't think he needs to be the guy. I think you can do that kind of Iowa recipe. Heavy dose of Ibrahim and then Tanner Morgan were needed. But okay. So you think seven, I mean, that's, it's probably gun to my head. I have to say, I would say eight wins, maybe seven, eight. Maybe it'd be a little bit of a home run, say eight to nine with Iowa as well. But I mean, Iowa's perpetually in the position of winning eight games. Like, you know, you can almost always count on Iowa to win at least seven or eight games. Yeah, every you game. can just mark that up. They're going to win that many games. And I think you can probably do that with P.J. Fleck here most years, too, I think. Except last year. They played seven games total. So, no, he's not going to win seven games out of a seven-game season. But, but of course, the Iowa frustration, and there's – Totally crazy spectrums on the fan basis. There, the the lunatics are like, "Hey, if you're not winning 12 games, you're winning championships. You're bum, and you need to be drafted out of there. I don't accept your low standards." And then there's the, "Well, guys, we gotta support the team. You know, they try hard out there. It doesn't matter that we lost by." I think begrudgingly, the general tone is is begrudging acceptance of the reality that I was gonna kind of almost always be the bridesmaids. I think our biggest frustration is we don't compete for Big Ten West championships nearly enough. It's not like that division is totally stacked, and we've had years like I would say last year and in 2018, years where I think Iowa was, was clearly the most talented team in the Big Ten West for that year and then didn't win a Big Ten West title. Honestly, my, my honest opinion of Iowa fans, you guys are so ungrateful. Because okay. like the, the fact that you have a competitive football team is so – like it's, it's it shouldn't happen. There's nothing to – 
could give you guys the right to expect to have a good team when you figure all these other programs. Like we just talked Texas. We were talking earlier before we started recording Texas. Texas is not a good football program. Like, like you know, Vince Young's not coming back, right? That was the one time they had a good program. They're not, and this is Texas. The University of Texas football program is not good. They're not even as good as Iowa. And that's a crazy thing to say, that the University of Texas is not as good of a football program as the University of Iowa. Like, you guys should be so grateful for how good your program is. So we shouldn't be upset about not getting to the Big Ten title game. We should just I don't say, think so. count our lucky stars, hey, aw shucks, we're just Iowa. And call darn it, they're competitive out there. Yeah, the, the talk of parents getting fired is just, like, m- mind-blowing. I don't understand it. You guys should be so grateful that you have him as a coach. Well, that's been, that's died down recently. It comes up, you know, whenever you have a bad year, um, in, and Iowa has a cycle. Well, what's a bad year? You, you lose six games? Well, so the worst year was 2012. Um, that's the in most recent Iowa fans memory. Iowa went four and eight and they had as bad as the Iowa offense can be when you're thinking of it in your head. This was the absolute worst, the absolute nadir of, Every trait that Iowa had, they couldn't throw the ball, they couldn't pass. They they started the season four and two, and then they lost their last six games. They weren't close. They got blown out, uh, and the offense was excruciatingly awful. Despite the fact that I don't want to fire Ferentz, I mean I think he's a a skosh stuck in his ways about some stuff. He still runs. Sometimes this doesn't always exploit our players' best skill sets, but I mean maybe he'll make a case that it's part of a whole recipe of a game. The defense has been consistently excellent with Iowa. Like the floor for any Iowa defense is almost always like decent average competent to ceiling being excellent great elite they really can be excellent and it's tough to argue with the results on defense i mean and that is son as the offensive coordinator um but you like his play calling right you like parents brian parents right is that sometimes i do there's moments where you see he's been i I think most of us would consider him inconsistent i think that's a fair summary of iowa fans there's moments where he's just utter greatness and it looks like he's doing fantastic uh one of the prime examples is 2017 Ohio State, where Iowa won 55 to 24. But then there's right. times where, like Northwestern last year, where he takes their Petrus, who's starting his second game, who's clearly flummoxed by Northwestern switching from zone and man to man every other play and got him really tricked. He They call 50 passes for him. And again, that was really just a grinding out. This should be a really ugly, we're going to run it for, for two yards of play kind of game. Petrus had a bad game, but that, I don't, you know, you don't really put that on the second time starting quarterback who's not got nearly enough reps. Um, you really put that on the offensive play caller who probably just needed to call more runs and dial it back. So there, there's those hit and misses. And then there's a moment like Illinois last year. It was just absolutely sexy series where they they mostly ran uh, this like triple option with Tyler Goodson, the running back, lined up, and then wide receivers, this crazy triple option where he gets to make a read and either hand it off to a wide receiver, he's going to end around, keep it, I'm waiting for a pop pass to come out of this formation. And they did that for like three plays for 70 yards. And it was like, oh my gosh, there are glimpses of some really weird stuff. But who knows? Everybody's waiting for him to put together just a consistently great year. And this year might be the year. So, all right, but let's talk personnel a little bit. So we've done this a little bit with the Gophers. you got some concerns about Tanner Morgan. You're unimpressed with his 2020. But do you think he'll get better 2021 than he did in 2020? Yeah, I mean, I, I legitimately expect him to have a great season. Like I, I, and if he doesn't, I think it's an absolute disappointment, and I think it's a reflection on PJ Fleck as a coach, 
That's fair. If, if you got a guy who's been here for like he could he should have a great season. Like go for quarterback seasons we've seen. Because we oh. I mean we haven't had a ton of great quarterbacks at the U of M. And I think this Tanner Morton he's and he's not the most talented guy ever, but like I said, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, and Justin Fields were the only three guys that were more efficient than him as a quarterback in twenty nineteen. Like that's two years ago. He's two years older. Tanner Morgan's like was he like thirty now? I don't know how old this guy is. He's been there forever. Like he could have a great season. I really expect that. And if he doesn't, I think it's a big disappointment. Okay, well, so who's he throwing the ball to? There's that Ottman Bell guy. He's the only pass catcher on the Gophers I know of. He's been around a little while. He was overshadowed just because there were two studs in front of him. So I don't know that it means he's he might be very good and just not be as good as those two guys. But everybody else is really green. I don't know that they use their tight ends all that much. Who's catching passes? Who's who's he throwing to? And and are they so getting any good? That Ottman Bell, I guess he's the deep threat, right? He's the guy that you know goes deep. Um, Daniel Jackson is a guy I think from last year, he's like a playmaker. And then I think they how had many a, catches did he? How many passes I, did he catch last year? Did he get I, any? How many targets? I don't know what his stats are. But then there's apparently another guy from Texas A&M that transferred over. So yeah, I mean it, it'll be they don't have an incoming stud like Bateman or anything like that. So it'll it'll be definitely a a chain. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, you know, but I think just having a great quarterback, you know, I mean, you look at Trevor Lawrence who didn't have, that's one of those things. Like I said, he did. Trevor Lawrence is one of those guys who did not have a, a, as an efficient season as Tanner Morgan did in 2019. And Trevor Lawrence was just the number one pick, right? You didn't know who he was throwing to. You didn't like rack up who those guys were. Right. But like, Clemson, I discount as a team that I count on having quality players at every position. Clemson's going to be stacked every year. They're in the Alabama, it's stacked. I don't even if I don't know who Alabama's receivers are, I just put them in. They're going to be good. Uh, Ohio State's receivers are just going to be good. I don't expect them to go like the Gophers uh, or or Iowa for that matter. Don't usually and Amir Smith Arset is now on your Vikings. Don't usually have that much quality at one position like wide receivers. Iowa does. But I assume Morgan's like hoping to be a draft pick, like playing the NFL. So he's he's got I have a lot no to idea. prove. I have no idea. I have no idea if that's viable. I have no idea if he's that good. I, I'm just thinking from a production standpoint. He's got to have options to throw it to, and it's going to be tough when I think the offense is going to be run through Ibrahim, who's excellent. Absolutely powerful, good vision, does all that stuff, and I think he's going to be the guy who kind of split reps somewhat last year. I, I mean, I think that's where you put a lot of your, your chips of the offense on, which doesn't mean your numbers are going to be quite as sexy, although potentially more efficient if people are are crashing down on the run. But the offensive line we were talking about really good. I mean, the Gophers' problem last year wasn't that their offense was terrible. Their offense seemed basically competent. It was that they had a really green, bad defense. Bad defense, uh, for sure. I know Iowa looked really good against them in the, the one game I, I saw. And then, are those guys going to get better? I know that there's a lot of people coming back from that defense. Are you expecting them to grow from bad to, like, decent average average enough to put the offense in a chance to really excel and lead the team to success? Is that the hope there? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, like I said, I think Fleck is good with coaching up some of the cornerbacks. We talked about Win, Winfield, I think. You know, sure. he's, he was a second or third round pick. He he made some plays. He had that one oh. pick, and and they pointed at the guy and got the penalty. Like, he's a good he's a good NFL player for sure. I'll remember that moment, Eric. Do you, or are you just messing with me? I'm messing with you. I, there's no context there. But, I, it was a, I think it was a playoff. He had a pick, and then he pointed at the guy and got a penalty. It was a really bonehead thing that he did. Oh, this is an NFL moment. I thought I thought you were talking about when he was playing. No, no, it was in the playoffs. It was in the NFL. I think it was against 
the it was in the Super Bowl, maybe I think I can't, can't remember what game, but he I didn't had even a pick and they pointed at the guy. Well, and, and he won that he won the Penn State game too single handedly. Like I, all, my point is, T.J. Fleck I think has had a record of coaching up some of these D backs, okay, so, so you ho- hopefully the secondary improves. Yeah. So what about the defensive line? I know. So and again, I don't. I too small of a sample size, and I didn't do enough research on where the Gophers defense was at. But I know last year Iowa absolutely annihilated the defensive line running the ball. There were some absolute series where Iowa was totally gashing front seven that just could not compete very well. It wasn't in fairness a really good offensive line by Iowa, but still, you think the better in the trenches defensively? Uh, yeah, I don't think it could be much worse. Okay, they so were pretty the- bad. That's it. Yeah. And any improvement will be enough to put them in a better position to be more confident. I think so, yeah. On the Iowa side, I mean, we've got our positional awareness is coming up on the website. Go Iowa Awesome. I think the concerns on each side that all come down to, it's it's really simple for our, for Iowa. What the success comes in, how much development you know, Spencer Petrus is going to do as the quarterback and how much they're going to be able to replace the production they lost on the defensive line for Iowa. Is he a senior? No, he's a junior, I think. I could be wrong. I wouldn't stake my life on it, but I think he's a junior. So, yeah, he's a junior, and last year was a tough year to start. I mean, but that's that's clearly what it comes down to. Last year, Iowa was 6-2. and two. They kind of won in spite of him. He had, I would give him five really good quarters towards the end of the year. The last three quarters of the Illinois game and the last half of the Wisconsin game where he looked really good. He hit some really nice deep shots against Wisconsin uh, when Amir smith North had just absolutely eviscerated Wisconsin's coverage. But then he just looks so panicky and terrified out there. If it's a set play, great. He can deliver the ball on time where he needs to go. And if you could hit his first read, the second his first read was covered, and he had to get down his progressions, it looked like terror. Uh, and he just was not comfortable out there. The the worst, well, it, was it? I don't know if it was Minnesota. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna not be sure of the exact game, but there's one time where he's looking for his read. You know, he's got that timer going on, and then he just panics because he doesn't see anybody's opening. There's nobody pressuring him. But then he does a little, like, very slow spin move when nobody's coming after him. And then he just throws it right to a defender who's just standing there. And I think it might have been the Minnesota game. You know, he just had those moments where he just – and I say this like I could be any calmer. I mean, obviously, I would just crumple his little ball and say, please don't hurt me if you put me out there. But you just see, like, being able to have the game slow down and hit that panic, hit that uh, adrenaline rush a little, little, little more mild. He clearly was able to make some really nice throws. He's got a cannon for an arm. But he also has a problem where he's like throwing like a three yard out and he just absolutely drills it, bounces off the guy's hand. He's got to figure out when's the time to to hit that, like hold it down for power, which is when a tap and lob and touch. Side, side tangent here. If sure. you had to, like, in your time of being an Iowa fan, had to like classify expectation for a quarterback, where would you put Petrus? Like, expectation is very low. Very um, low? Okay. If you're an optimist, the small, the, the portion that are optimists are going to expect improvement. And it couldn't get much worse. Like I said, he started to improve a little bit. You could read that as signs that he's going to get better, but it's really low. Been like some really if, good Rick, if Ricky Stanzi's at the top top of the list, right, because he's the top. Well, Brad uh, Banks is the best quarterback to ever play under Ferentz. I don't think there's much debate. He was fantastic. I didn't watch Super him. That was, that, well, that was the year. He, he's the guy that came into the Metrodome. And this oh, okay. All right. He was the quarterback on that year that Iowa that and that's still the best team Ferentz era. I think that's I think just objectively true. He's number one. I don't know that I put Ricky Stanz. He he had a lot of personality and was fun, but Beathard is maybe better in a vacuum. Stanley never reached the heights of Ricky Stanley, so he won't be as beloved. Stanley might have been quote unquote better, but he just missed too many downfield throws. Mm-hmm. 
Who's the, the guy with the LSU pass? What was that? Uh, That's Drew Tate. So Drew, Drew Tate had a very interesting arc. Drew you expect Tate. to see he, he's a guy who had that play as a sophomore year. He got a lot better his junior year just by the team getting worse. And then he cratered his senior year. That was his worst year. He was really bad. Um, that 2006 was one of the forgettable years where I was. Could be Tanner Morgan. Could be the same progression where he just has a trash senior year. Yeah, I'm Drew Tate's beloved. I don't know if we – I don't know where he ranks. I mean, I, I haven't really – I would put it all I can say is off the top of my head, Brad Banks is number one. And then, you know, probably Jay Christensen is maybe the absolute worst that we've had. Um, he's the guy that Stansy replaced. Jiggers is so bad that Ference really hates quarterback controversies. He wants the guy to start. He doesn't like playing around with that at all. Jay Christensen was so bad that Stansy was able to earn playing time and, and Russell ta- wrestled the role away from an established starter, which very rarely happens under Ference. So the paranoid pessimist parts think that we're looking at Jay Christensen number two. But will Ferentz be willing to let one of the guys behind him come in? Is um, there a is there a like quarterback and waiting behind him that's better? Only only in the way that everybody believes a backup quarterback is better. It's not based on any actual data. It's just this guy's so bad. The other person has to worse. There's a guy from Texas, Deuce Hogan, that people think's got some spark personality. He's got some swagger. Can run a little bit. Quarterbacks that have been most successful. They don't have to be like freak athletes. They don't have to be run first quarterbacks or anything. But being able to, to hit the scramble button, basically, give the Iowa offense that edge to be mediocre to, to effective above average. But, I mean, I, I like that we have Tyler Lindebaum, who I don't think this means anything to you, Eric, but he's an absolute freak center. Insane athlete, super strong, powerful. It's anytime Iowa's on their opponent's side of the field and it's fourth and one or shorter, maybe even fourth and two or shorter, they absolutely just need to go for it and run the quarterback sneak with – because the guy's an absolute so is, he, is he the next, like, Iowa lineman to be a first-round draft pick? Yep. I think he was projected to be a first- or second-round pick this last year. Maybe third. I don't know. But he decided to come back for some reason. I don't know. He's coming back. He's great. He's going to anchor what should be a good offensive line. There's some question marks in the offensive line, but I'm at the point where generally I expect them to be anywhere from good to very good to great. But I digress. Uh, the defensive line is the biggest worry, if I have to say. I'm more worried about the defensive line than, than Petrus because I do think he'll get better. I do think he's – I'm going to be a little bit optimistic and think he's not going to be much worse. He's not going to be a liability, and he's going to be able to read coverage a little better, panic a little bit less, and put Iowa but, – but Iowa, if they're going to compete for Big Ten West title, it's going to be because Petrus gets good enough that he can carry the offense at times and make the plays to win those close games. I mean, Iowa – every great year that Iowa's ever had has been them doing really well in, like, one-score games. I mean, they have to – those are where the special seasons come and when they go. But the defensive line is where I'm worried. They lost Dave Van Dixon, who's in the NFL – and Chelsea Goldson is in the NFL. They lost a lot. They lost they still rotational guys, but dudes that, that weren't starters and weren't the guys. So being able to replicate that's going to be important. 2005, that's a year I remember forever because they had Abdul Hodges, who was an NFL linebacker, and Chad Greenway. Dallas but, Clark, right? Was no, Dallas that was Clark? three years ago. That, he was oh. on that 2002 team that, that again, oh. that, that, that was a magical year, 2002. But everybody on the defensive line in 2004 for Iowa had graduated. So the, the entire defensive line got replaced in 2005. Despite Chad Greenway being great and Abdul Hodges being great, the defense was just too much of a step back because it is so dependent on those defensive linemen clogging the lanes to let the linebackers make plays. And Chad Greenway was consistently having to make tackles two, three, four, five yards past the line of scrimmage, which just makes your run defense that much less effective. And they couldn't get a, a great or consistent pass rush. Shut down Maroney. Well, yeah, that was well. That's the classic. They had a year of seasoning basically before they played Maroney at the very last game of the year, so they had time to get enough reps to, to improve. 
And they're usually never awful with the running game. They're just insistently able, especially if those that 2005 Minnesota team that I'm remembering, they really want to go between the tackles yeah. and do a lot of that. We're going to grind it out. When teams do that, Iowa usually has competent rush defense against it. It's That's where I'm worried about. That's, so I was whether Iowa can compete for Big Ten West Tyler, I was going to come down to Petrus on the other end and how well the defensive line plays. And if the defensive line has to take some shots, I mean, I guess the good news is the most important games are in the back half of the year. We're going to get into the schedule here in a minute to, to close out this thing. That's that's the one point that gives me optimism. If it takes them a month, they you know they got a tough game against Indiana. They got a stacked Iowa State team for their second game of the year. If it takes them months early, they get some rest. All their Big Ten West games are in the second half of the year. Let's dive into schedules here. Let's do this month by month. Close this thing out. Let's talk about your Gophers first, Eric. They are are taking on it looks like some team in Ohio of no particular note. Some unnotable team from the state of Ohio that's not exceptional. No, I at the this. at the newly named Hunting Huntington Bank Stadium. I'm just now seeing this. Uh, I'm yep. looking at the schedule. Just so Huntington. TCF sold the rights to Huntington Bank, so it's the Huntington Bank Stadium starting this year. I, I, okay, so I don't live in Minnesota anymore. Have I ever in the Twin Cities driven by Huntington Bank, Eric? I have lived in Minnesota my entire life, and I never have been at a hunting game bank, so I have no idea what so that is. So you don't think it's a bank that's even in the state of Minnesota that is now sponsoring? It could be. It could, it could be like an offshore bank. I don't know. It could be, you know, Cayman Islands type thing. I have no idea. Never heard of that's it. Really, that's really weird. Okay. Anyway, yeah, it's, it's Ohio State, uh, the Buckeyes, which is— That's a loss. 100% loss. Agreed. That's an absolute brutal way to start the year. A team that needs reps is not. There's none of those gimme games. That is a a brutal way to start. Literally three weeks just, today. Like uh, Tanner Morgan just don't die in that game, and that's a, a win for the Gophers because just stay healthy. Well, a learning experience for the defense because yeah. I think Ohio State will, will shred a defense that they just, might put up 100 points on that. I, you know, it's it's possible. I think you're understanding. I think 200, maybe even 800,000 <laughs> points. That's about how many they score, I think. They'll, they could score at 40 least 50. 50. They will score 50 points. Sure. If they don't let up, if it's not 42 to 14 in the fourth quarter and they're just like, ah, oh, we're going to coast, they, they, they can hit 50. That's feasible. After that, you know, obviously, basically the entire rest of the schedule is downhill from there. You, you get I think they win until Iowa, honestly, looking at it. I think they win every game until they play Iowa. Okay, so you're like, man, I'm getting a little bit of whiplash from your pessimism to your optimism. That's ludicrous. So, all right. So, just talk. So, the rest of the non conference slates, they start with the conference game of Ohio State, then they're hosting Miami of Ohio. That's the um, win. Yes, I agree. They go to Colorado. So, you think they will travel to Colorado and be yeah. the Buffalo? Okay, I don't know enough about Colorado to know. And I don't know if you're looking at. Um, I haven't looked at spreads. We'll we'll talk about them more later on in the year. But well, they're not they're not even a ranked team. I, you know, whatever. I think they win that game. They're on the road in Boulder, and you're just that. So that's a lot of confidence. See, I would say I don't know. Like if I were to play at Colorado, I wouldn't think win. Boom for sure. What has um, Colorado been good? What, what uh, what's the guy the quarterback for the um. Steelers, what's his name? He's not playing for. Are you talking about Cordell Stewart? Cordell Stewart's not playing for Jesus, Colorado anymore. Throwback. Okay, that that was like '94 or some shit. Um, I'm old. But, I'm sorry. No, I, well, I'm also old. It's just I, I think they're that's decent. That's the last time they were good. That's that's my point. I'm not talking about them being elite. It's not like a surefire loss either. But I look at that and like they're playing on the road against a team I don't know that much about, but it's a competent Pac-12 team. Probably. Okay. 
Sure. Bowling Green, that's a win. Bowling sure. Green's terrible. Yeah, Bowling Green was very bad. They lost all five games they played last year. Yes. Purdue, Purdue uh, sucks. Nebraska's not good. You don't believe Strong the hype game. that this is their year? You're not buying the frost no. warning? They've been, that gonna... they've been bad for several years. That's Well, that's true. Maryland's that's a terrible football team. Northwestern's tricky. I think they would. That's, that's the game where it's like, P.J. Fleck, you got to win that game. If this year with this quarterback in your fifth year, you got to win that game. That's a must because that's a tough game. That'll be a tough game for sure. It's on the road. In Evanston, that's tough game. You got to win that game, and if you don't, it's a reflection as you, as a as a coach and a, on the program. Illinois, that's a must win. Illinois sucks. You, Illinois sucks until further notice. I, I agree with you. And then you get to Iowa. That and then you know, it's in Iowa City. I, if we're honestly talking about it, I there's no way the Gophers win that game. But <laughs> okay, okay. No the only way is that Petrus just is not—he's not the guy, and he's got a shaky season, and it's—he's been benched once or twice at this point, and they put him back in, and the defense isn't really putting it together. Okay, that's their only chance. So Indiana is another—that's t- a tough game. That's another one of those. If they beat Iowa, it's another one of those must-win for Fleck. And then Wisconsin, they'll probably lose. There's a chance that they run the table after Ohio State. I mean, there really is le- a legitimate chance. They're not. Okay. They're not going to. I'm. I'm telling you right now. They're. That will not happen. But okay. There's. A, there's a possibility. Okay. Well, that's ridiculous. All right. I am kind of flabbergasted at your your sense of optimism here. No, I mean, uh, I, I, we already went over how many games I think they're gonna win. They maybe win seven or eight of those. But there is a possibility. I don't. I mean, they don't have Penn State's not on the schedule. Michigan's not on the schedule. They really don't have a a bad schedule. They got pretty lucky this year. I mean, Ohio State right off the bat is kind of a bummer, but they'd lose to them anyways. So I'm just going to put this, we're just going to really articulate this because I, I want I want this to be a, to live in posterity here. Yeah, September, this isn't a permanent record here. September 2nd, you're on the record of, of them losing. I agree. It's, I think it's going to be a tough way to start the year. Probably No chance lot. they win that game. So then they go through the, the non-conference schedule easily. So you're saying Colorado be, might be tricky, but I think they, they should an win that eight game. game winning streak after Ohio State. They're going to win eight straight games, so they're going to be eight and one. Northwestern's going to be a tricky one. I, they may lose that game. I, I, so I'm baffled because I, you know, Ohio State's going to be favored heavily. Who do you think go, they should lose to? Man, we're going to get into my condescending perceptions of, of epistemology and, and waffliness. There's a lot that the Gophers could lose to. I'm looking. You at think like, they should lose to Colorado? I would never use the expression should. I'm talking about could. Do you think they will? Do you think – what do you think the Gophers will be favored going into that Colorado game? Well, I, looked, I, I, I don't know anything about Colorado. Let's look. What was their record last year? So then how can you be sure if that's an easy win for Gophers? I, I don't know. They will, all, they... Uh, looking at historical from what I know about the program. Okay. They haven't been, good. They haven't been good in forever. You're just thinking the only time you were aware of them was when they were, like, on the national title scene. I think you yeah, spent zero time paying short. attention to Colorado. There's no line yet that I can tell for this. To me, I think Minnesota and Colorado Colorado might be favored in that game. Like I don't they think They were 4 and two, they were 4 and 2 last year. Yeah. And what so they, had, it... they had a decent record. Okay. And who is it who's coming back? How good are they? I mean, I'm not saying Colorado's a monolith. I'm saying they might be a mid-level Pac-12 team and you're confident that they go to a mid-level Pac-12 team on the road and you're you're sure this is class, so and people don't know this but you have in the past made they beat Stanford. Whoa! They have in the right? past. You've in the past made really 
bold claims and been unwilling to back down from them, and then I usually attack yeah. your ego and try to get you to make a ridiculous bet. They beat to, UCLA to and Stanford last year, but then lost. They had a bunch of games canceled. <laughs> like they, sure. Oregon was canceled. The USC was canceled. Arizona State was canceled. They had a bunch of games canceled. So who knows? I don't know. My, my point Whatever. is Colorado may, in fact, be favored in that game. And if the Gophers okay. are favored, they – I. I will be shocked if the Gophers are more than three-point favorites going into that Colorado game. Okay, so maybe they lose that game. All right, but they beat Bowling Green. Sure, agreed. Purdue. They beat Purdue. So, but let's just talk about point spread. I, 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 I'm confident the Gophers will be favored over Purdue, maybe even double digits. I think, yes, the Gophers will be favored heavily. You're hosting the Cornhuskers, and trust me, I am very much rooting for the Gophers vehemently to beat Nebraska. I think the Gophers will be favored, but I don't expect it to be massive. And maybe, I mean, we're talking, that's when I would think to be close. I think maybe a little bit, who knows, one or two points for the Gophers, maybe one or two points for Nebraska. Nebraska was three and five. They had the, basically the same record as the Gophers last year. No, but, but and Nebraska gets, like, bonus points because people still remember the 90s, and they, they have inflated point totals and their public team. So even if I say that, I don't think that means I think Nebraska's good, but... I don't think they're going to be terrible. I don't know. Who knows? They could They could be so. Yeah, well, I agree. Crew Nebraska, they suck. Cornhuskers are terrible. They're going to get there. But Maryland is not good. Northwestern, like I said, that's the tricky one. Well, they, yeah, I, Northwestern won the Big Ten West last year. I don't. Year. They have a, Gophers they have a could totally lose that game. I would not be surprised if the Gophers lost that game. Actually, if I was a betting man, I would probably bet against them on that. Yeah, the that Gophers game. will be favored against Maryland. I don't know that they'll be favored against Northwestern. That's another one that could no. be close. I don't know. Gophers will definitely be favored over Illinois. Right, and that leads us to Iowa. That's what that's what we're talking about. But you're just so sure that they're going to have an eight-game win streak. Like that's no, no, I didn't say that. Now you're twisting my words. No, I'm not. You I said, said they, I said well, it's possible. Well, of course it's possible. Now who's waffling? You know, I think I think it's possible Iowa wins between zero and twelve games next year. I think all those are possible. Okay, so yeah, I will. Based on what we know now, and this can all change when we learn more so, about teams. I will probably be favored because it's a home game. Indiana will probably be favored, and Wisconsin will probably be favored over the Gophers for those last three games. The toughest part so, of the Gophers. So the away. Gophers go 11 and one. They yeah. beat Wisconsin, and then they play Ohio State in the. And they get their revenge. Yeah, they yeah. they crush Ohio State. They said we learned a lot from getting our ass kicked in week one. I and, think that is a reasonable prediction. And then they get to the national championship game, and they take down Clemson. They take down Alabama. And P.J. Fleck gets a statue, a very large statue built in downtown Minneapolis and in the great capital city of St. Paul. Every time you walk by it, it says elite, elite, elite. Just oh, yes. right when you walk by it. And every single lake, all 10,000 lakes in the state of Minnesota, they're just going to have a big fountain with P.J. Fleck's head spraying water out into every lake as he becomes anointed Lord of Minnesota. Okay. And then uh, he'll be go- he'll be governor oh, and head uh, coach at the same time. I mean, he's already going to have a pretty big leash. I mean, let's say the Gophers tank and they go like five and seven this year. I mean, he's not going to be in the hot seat, right? I mean, Ooh, really? I don't know. So he didn't get that much of a that much leeway from having a fantastic season two years ago. He, I, I really, I honestly, I think this is a really important year for him. If if they if they say they lose to Colorado, and then they get beat by Nebraska or Purdue, one of the two of them. They lose to Northwestern, then they lose to Iowa, Indiana, and Wisconsin, and they just finish the season in just disarray. I don't know. I mean, he's 
then go, I don't think they'll fire him this year. I think oh, that no. would be crazy. But going into next year, he would have to show like you got to do something because this is your what fifth year quarterback, your fifth year as the the head coach. You got to do something. You got to make some. That 2019 wasn't a, enough. Yeah, okay, they beat Wisconsin, right? That was like a a big deal. But you got to do something. You got to show okay. something more than the one one time. All right. Yeah. I mean, I think they go to a bowl game for sure. I think seven wins seems seems like a, a the floor. And uh, yeah, I mean, if they get some breaks and some close games, these coin flip because I see more coin flip games than you do. I mean, I think Colorado. I look at that and I think I don't know. That seems like a based on what little I know about Colorado, yeah. probably not elite, probably not terrible. That seems like more of a 50-50 game to me. And some of these a little bit more Nebraska. Yeah, Maryland, I don't know. They tend to have good recruits, and then their teams are just poorly coached and not good is what my perception of Maryland. So we'll see. All right, that's fascinating. Right, let's let's go to uh, my beloved Hawkeyes here. So it's not as bad as Ohio State, but they start off with hosting the uh, a very, very good, a very, very excellent defense, defensively sound Indiana team in Kinnick. Yeah, that's so a game. You, you gotta win that game. Uh, well, and I think they will because so like I was a five point favorite right now, but it's gonna be in Kinnick. There's gonna be loads of fans screaming. It's first responders day. I imagine just the that roar <laughs> of the crowd. I, I give that to Iowa. But then on the flip side, week two, I, I mean, I just think Iowa is very much due to lose to what might be the most talented Iowa State team of the 21st century. I mean, they were trying. Uh, yeah. yeah. 20 year uh, anniversary. I'm trying not to make a, uh, to make a <laughs> really make a awful 9 11 joke, and I'm not going to do it. Sorry. I want to keep it classy. I was thinking they can sneak up and win any year, right? That can happen. Well, Iowa State's going to be favored. This is a, Iowa State's ranked like eighth or something. They're, really? they're ranked in the top 10. Yeah, they came within a couple plays of winning the Big 12. They beat Oklahoma in their first game, I think, and then lost to them in their Big 12's weird championship game. So Iowa State on paper is a better team than Iowa at this point. I mean, I don't really? say that lightly. But, I, yeah, I mean, Iowa State will be favored. I, I, they, Iowa State will probably be favored. Not Probably not a touchdown, but it, I, I bet it's it's more than a field goal. Four, five, six points, something like that Iowa State will be favored. And Matt Campbell's a great coach, and they haven't, under Matt Campbell, haven't beat Iowa yet, so I think they all know that. That's been this one thing they haven't done, and I just – think they're going to be motivated and well-coached. and I just So you think say, that's a loss? you chalk chocolate oh, out for a loss? Oh, yeah, I think so. Really? Maybe maybe I'm being cynical and bracing myself. Maybe I'm doing the – that way I can be pleasantly surprised. But, I mean, I, it's it's very – I mean, Iowa State's excellent. I mean, they got Brock – almost – it's like 18 or 19 starters or some ludicrous amount are back from last year. So they're going to be really good, and I think they're going to be motivated to win. They didn't okay. get to play Iowa last year. And Iowa State beat Oregon in some bowl, whatever the bowl was that they played in last year. So, I mean, they had a quality win against a really good Pac-12 team. I mean, they're feeling good. So, yeah, I would chalk that up to loss. I, yeah, I don't think Iowa wins that one. Sorry to say. I mean, prove it. all right, let's just let's just crank this out. Kent State, Colorado State, yes, we'll chalk those those up as wins. Now, you're Maryland. pretty bullish on Maryland being terrible. Maryland's bad. I hear, like, Tua's younger brother, whose name I don't know, is the quarterback. Yeah, he wasn't good last year either. No, but any quarterback that is good at, at running is, at least me, I have a lot of anxiety. The quarterbacks that have just absolutely shredded I have and those ones that, like, okay, the, the protection's good on the back end. And, oh, man, what are we going to – they stop the play, there's nobody open at first, and he's just able to scramble for 12 yards. But they've been, they've been really bad, Maryland. Sure, I'm confident they're not going to be as well coached. I'm just worried that there's going to be some fluke plays. But 
I'll, I'll try to be. I'll try to pull the airplane swagger. All right, definite win. But then you see that that Penn State game that they're, they're Penn playing. Penn State's tricky. That is a. But that's okay. one of those games that they can win. That Iowa wins every now and then. That's a, a sneaky. Well, it'll be, it'll be a night game. It'll be a night game probably, right? Well, yeah, it's one of those strike games, I think. So that's one of the. Really- we're like maybe the ESPN broadcast goes there and it's their their like main national night game, and Iowa sneaks out a win. That's their stuff. Tell you that Claiborne where he blocked the punt and they. That was an amazing game. I yeah, I mean, maybe. It's, it, you're sure. But best case scenario is this is a coin flip game to me. I don't know. Penn State was not good last year. They had a lot of issues. That very well could be a blip, and they, they're projected to be really good. Who knows? It's too early. Uh, but I don't look at that and say, win, win, for sure. Easy. Does, does Saquon Barkley still play for Penn State? Or no, but he's transformed the New York football <laughs> giants. We all know how they've just absolutely dominated. Right? Yeah, yeah, he's absolutely led them to glory because that's how important the running back position is. I Anyway, so you, you see Purdue and think they suck, and I guess that may be true. They suck for everybody but Iowa. It's one of these weird coaching mismatches. They seem really, really good at attacking Ferris defense. There's not been a team that's as good attacking Iowa's defense from the passing game as Purdue. That's Iowa true. lost to Purdue last year, and they, they just continually are able to be a big thorn in Iowa's side and just able to figure out ways to win. So Iowa will be, uh, I think, a, a strong favorite in that game, but I don't see that. I, I think, ah, we'll trash them. I, I just... I don't know. You just get worried about them. Just they're just gonna chuck it deep every time, and and, and you know and that'll work. And David Bell's incredible. Uh, he's an absolute phenomenal wide receiver, and he torched Iowa last year. And he's yeah, he's that dude is good. He's really good. So I have no idea. I mean, Iowa should win that game, but who knows they will. And then there's Wisconsin, right? I Wisconsin was really bad last year, but they were decimated with injuries. I mean, they got Graham Mertz, who didn't have a great year, but everything being weird, is he can go back to being elite. He's a five-star dude. Can Iowa get past Wisconsin and Madison? I know Wisconsin's owned Iowa for the last decade. I, I hope so. But uh, see, this is, and then they go to Northwestern. That's another team that's been a thorn in Iowa's side. They've consistently been in the way of Iowa yeah. winning Big Ten West titles and eking out wins. Northwestern doesn't blow Iowa out hardly ever. Last year, just barely won by whatever is one or two points. 2018, they won by a couple points. Just frustrating team. So I, I can't be rational. I'm trying to like break down the games for folks, and I'm just losing my mind. You're, you're confident Iowa's going to beat minnesota i don't know i have no idea i guess it's toward the end of the year and it's a blackout game they should should win yeah well we'll see yeah, and then they they close out with illinois and uh def, def, definitely should win and then at nebraska the year i don't know see it's tough for me to if i does the thing where they improve towards the end back half of the year then they'll have a real good shot at making a run in the big 10 west because even if they lose to iowa state and penn state and they're four and two well, those are games you can probably lose because then all the divisional games, literally the last six, are all of the Big Ten West games. But what about Wisconsin and Northwestern? Are you chalking those for wins? Oh, I'm not chalking those. Oh, well, I, I'm okay. No, I'm not chalking that up as a win. Northwestern beat Iowa last year. Iowa seems to do better in Evanston. So let me say they split those. And at that point, you know, nine and three is probably not good enough to win the Big Ten West. So even if they go nine and three, you know, Wisconsin probably finishes ahead of them again. And that's that's what I'll call. You want me to, you want to put a you force me to, to make a prediction I'll say nine and three but I, there's a lot of a lot of things I'm worried about um, I guess well seven and two in the Big Ten might be enough to win it so maybe they're eight and four maybe I have to find another loss maybe they uh, finally lose to Nebraska for the first time in five or six years or Minnesota they could who knows they get better expectations are high I heard they're gonna win a bunch of games and uh, be for a Big Ten title people so, are talking. I think that we're going to close this out, folks. That uh, this will uh, be sometime in the middle of August when this comes out. 
uh, they can look for a podcast from us right around that time the Gophers are going to play, right around August 31st, September 1st will be our next one. Appreciate any feedback. I said we're, we're trying to work through this. Uh, we don't know what the hell we're doing. So thanks a lot, everybody. Football's three weeks away. It's coming soon. Bye-bye.